Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. He has Parliament Hill on speed dial, and they know when the phone rings, no comment is not an option. This is The Roy Green Show. Looking forward to a conversation later on today with uh, two interpreters, two Afghan interpreters, for Canada's military in Afghanistan during the conflict there. And uh, you have heard both of them on this program at different times. Alex is one. He's in Afghanistan. He's being hunted by the Taliban because he helped our soldiers, because he was signed on with ISAF and with the Canadian military, was on the front lines, was taking fire when our soldiers took fire. But as far as bringing him into Canada is concerned and really just rewarding his loyalty to this country, and I know people are going to say, well, he got paid for it. But when you're getting shot at and you don't run and you stay with the people who you're with, it's not about money anymore. But he's being hunted by the Taliban precisely because he served with our troops. And uh, so he's going to be with us. And James, who was another interpreter, who is in Canada, was fortunate enough to be able to come to Canada, is living uh, in Alberta. My friend Joe Warmington of the Toronto Sun had a great deal to do with that. And um, John McCallum, got to give him credit, the former liberal immigration minister was also involved. But James is living in Alberta now, very happy, loves this country. And James and Alex know each other. So they'll be on together. One from Afghanistan, he really wants to come to Canada, and one who is here. In 2011, and I don't know how current these numbers are, because they didn't do a lot of follow-up, but in 2011, when a brief program that was initiated by Jason Kenney when he was the immigration minister, a brief program which would allow Afghans who served with the Canadian military to come to Canada as long as they had proven they were in life-threatening situations. Uh, That program ended in 2011. And since then, there's been really nothing done to help these these people who worked so hard with our our military forces to come here. And they have, they've earned, they've earned their entry to this country. They've earned their right to live in Canada. But instead, Alex is uh, really essentially running for his life. And um, last time he was on, we read a, uh, a note that had been passed to him along the way from the Taliban telling him that they were hunting him and they were planning on killing him and his family. So for crying out loud, can we do the right thing? If Mr. Trudeau is going to allow ISIS types into Canada, can we, just, can we not allow the translators? Can we not make it possible for them to come in? Some are in Europe. 
Many are still in Afghanistan, from what I understand. So that's coming up. Um, Dr. Bruno Charbonneau, the director of the Francopay at the University of Quebec in Montreal, Canadian and global expert on UN missions to Francophone Africa, and particularly Bali. He'll be joining us this hour to talk about the upcoming peacekeeping mission for Canada's military in, in Mali. Not a lot of peace to keep. And the water crisis in Cape Town, South Africa, not so much a crisis as it was a couple of months ago, but now the rates have gone up 500% if, uh, you know, for your water bill. And there's been, there's been stories, repeated stories, about South African white farmers being murdered. And there's a land redistribution thing going on in South Africa where the government has said it's time to, for fairness. And so um, land or farms are being expropriated and, and given to others, given white farmers' land. I don't know if it's all going to black farmers or it, there's some shuffling going on. But there's been talk about white farmers being murdered, so much so that the Australian um, foreign affairs minister has said he is uh, working on a program to provide accelerated visas for white South African farmers to go to move to Australia, which has the South African government upset. We'll talk to uh, Giovanna Gerby, who's a journalist in Cape Town. She'll be with us before the end of the hour. A lot coming up, but I want to begin with this. And I'm doing this particularly because of all of the emails I've received over the last six to eight weeks anyway, I mentioned to you in January, late January, that my first court appearance was coming up for it being alleged that I ran a stop sign, which I didn't do. And um, so I, uh, I was fortunate enough to find out about a, a former police officer who does paralegal work but he normally works with uh, with lawyers directly, but he was kind enough to take on my case. And so we went to court, and I mentioned that, and I've been getting all sorts of emails from people asking, what's happened? What have, what, what have you done? How's this going? And generally, there's a story that goes along with it, like I have a ticket that's pending. I don't know if I should fight it. I don't believe that I'm I'm guilty, but maybe I'll just make more trouble for myself if I go to court. Am I better off to fight it? Am I better off to leave it alone? What should I do? I don't know what you should do. But if you're not guilty or you absolutely are sure that you're not guilty, then I would suggest that you act accordingly. But there's a lot of interest in the How many people do you think have gone through traffic court in this country? Just in the last couple of years, got to be hundreds of thousands and normally what happens, and this is what happened on the first, uh, the first day that I went, there's a long lineup of people who have tickets. And seated at a table at the beginning of the lineup is the prosecutor. And you go to the prosecutor, they, they just bring you in uh, sort of as, as you arrive. And they discuss the ticket with you and they decide right then and there if they're going to offer you a deal or not. And a lot of people take the deal because it's usually, if it's a $100 ticket, it's 30 or 40 bucks off the ticket or $20, $30 off the ticket. And they reduce the amount to a number of demerit points. And you say, I'll take that deal. And then you go to court. And they call the same group of people up in the same sequence almost, I think. And then you have to confirm with the justice of peace. And you know, this is our regular courtroom. You have to confirm that you made the deal. 
and it takes a long time. So we were there the first day, my first court appearance, and uh, it took two and a half hours, two and three quarter hours by the time we got up there. And the justice of the peace looked at the clock and he said, well, I'm not starting another trial. There's only 15 minutes to go. I'm not starting a trial now. Should have started this earlier. You should have been called up earlier. Well, it's not my fault. So uh, he said, we'll have to reset another, uh, set for another day. And uh, so this is January. So then they have to decide when the police officer who gave me the ticket is going to be available. They have to decide when uh, the crown is going to be available, when the judge is going to be available. And it was going to be, it was a couple of weeks ago. So I went to the second court appearance. And this time there's only about three people in the courtroom. And mine was the first case. So up we go and the charge is read. And the gentleman who's representing me said, no, we're, uh, we're challenging this. And he came up with a number of reasons that he'd done the research. And he said, this is why we're challenging it. And the justice of the peace and, and, and the paralegal exchanged some, uh, got pretty animated. And then the justice of the peace said, look, I want to go back to chambers with you, Mr. Paralegal, and you, Madam Prosecutor. You, Mr. Green, you stay where you are. So off they went, and they went into their chambers or his chambers, and they uh, stayed there for quite a while. And then everybody, all oh, the three of them came back out, and the man who's representing me, the paralegal, came over to me, and he said, here's what they're offering. They're offering to knock money off the fine. They're offering you no demerit points. And I think I had to plead guilty. And I said, I'm not making the deal. I am not making a deal. I'm not guilty. I am not making a deal. And I've already gone out and bought myself a dash cam. So this will never happen to me again. Because this is records every time the car stops and the time it stops and where it is. Because the officer gave me a ticket for an intersection I hadn't even reached yet. I'm sure he's going to dispute that, but I know where he stopped me. And he did not stop me where he said he stopped me or where he indicated on the ticket he stopped me. He said he stopped me at an intersection I was still about two minutes away from, or a minute. So, we're going back toward the end of April, and it'll be round three. Because for some reason they weren't able to just pick up the pieces and carry on after I said no thank you, even though most of the morning was left. So people are telling me, you look, Green, you should have just paid it. Or you should have just taken the deal. No points, reduced fine, you won. Be satisfied, walk away. I said, I'm not satisfied, and I'm not walking away. So we'll see where this goes. So I'm paying the para... I keep wanting to say paramilitary. I'm paying the paralegal... I bought the dash cam. I've been to court twice. I'm going to go back a third time. This is the time is money. And God knows how this is going to end. But I think I'm doing the right thing. So I have a question for you, since you're asking me a lot of questions by way of email about what happened, whether the, and you're asking whether you should do what I did. I have a question for you for a few minutes till we get to the bottom of the hour. And then we'll get on with the other issues and matters of the program. At 800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428, I'd like to talk to people who have 
fought their traffic ticket all the way to the end. You didn't make a deal of the first appearance, and you didn't make a deal on the second appearance, or maybe things changed on the second appearance or the third appearance in court. I just want to talk to people who did not agree to a deal the first time they went to court. What happened on the second or the third or, God forbid, the fourth time in court? What was your experience? What was the ticket for? How much was it for? And ultimately, in the end, how did, how did you leave that courtroom? Satisfied? Dissatisfied? Less of a fine? More of a fine? What happened? What would your advice be about accepting a, a deal or not? 800-263-2428. Give me a call. Sometimes you just have to agree to disagree. This is The Roy Green Show. I'm on Twitter at The Roy Green Show, at The Roy Green Show, and emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. All right, let's get to your calls and uh, find out what your experiences were in traffic court. Kevin's in Winnipeg. How are you, Kevin? Good. How are you doing? Good, sir. What happened to you? I was at uh, a corner, and there was a police officer standing there in plain clothes, and I was hanging right, and... Um, I turn in the corner and there's a police car waiting down the street and he jumps out of the car to flag me over. And apparently the police officer standing at the bus stop looking in cars apparently said I was on my cell phone. So I was kind of upset, wasn't on my cell phone, didn't even have it near me. So I went to court and asked to speak to a magistrate, but they sent me to the crown. And the Crown went over my ticket with me, and I was waiting for to see if there was any flaws in the ticket. And apparently she says I was driving a gray car. And I said, no, that's not right. My car is white. She says, well, that doesn't matter. I says, well, it does matter because I was driving a white car, not a gray. So how does this, what what deal do they offer you? Well, when I uh, finished with the Crown, she says, well, I, I told her, well, I want to speak to a magistrate. So I went, sat out, waited for the magistrate to call me. He called me, and they sent me in, and I stood in front of him, and he says, well, why are you here? She just threw out your ticket. She threw it out? Yeah, she threw it out, and then, yeah, the ticket was for $289. Wow. So first she, she, tell, she tells you that it doesn't matter that the, the officer got the wrong color of the car, and then while you're waiting for the magistrate, she throws it out. That's right because I wanted to speak to the magistrate, and she knew, I guess, that the color of the car was not... My color of the car was white, Yes, so, Kevin, so you, are, you are living proof that there is a good reason to stand up. Yeah. And not just pay up. And, yeah, never go in there and pay up. If you know you're in the wrong, right, go and fight it all the way. I'm with you, buddy. Thank you for the call. Randy is in High River, Alberta where they're still looking for guns in closets. <laughs> Hi, Roy. Good talking to you. Good talking to you, Randy. What happened? Well, I've, had, I've had four court appearances for parking, for, for, for tickets, two going through a stop sign like you, and two for parking. And I lost the first one going through a, the, the stop sign, 
was an operative deal. The second time, I was parking, I phoned, and I just got, I just hit a brick wall. So I ended up in court, and I got a parking ticket, but the parking ticket, every two hours you park there, you got another parking ticket. So I came back at the end of the end of the day with four parking tickets on my <laughs> on my uh, window. Yeah. And when I went to court, I went there with the idea, after I was so mad, I, I went there with the idea that the uh, the person that gave me the tickets wouldn't show up. Oh, that you up, know what? They're usually there. They're, well, they're usually there. there. He, was sitting, yeah, he was sitting beside me, and we had a nice little chat. Oh, did you really? The judge was talking. <laughs> so then I came up, and I didn't think he was there, and then the, he came down, and I looked, and he was the guy I was talking to. No kidding. So, so what did they do? What did they do? They, did, did, they, did they offer you anything? Well, I went, no, I was right in front of the magistrate, and she didn't want to be there. She just looked like she wanted a glass of wine and sit in a hot bath and read a book. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, I've only got one choice. Right. i got to use humor. Yeah. So I used my old country stand-in. This was down on the coast in Vancouver. Uh-huh. And I started talking to the judge, and I said, I said Your Honor, I don't think I should be here because I should only be charged for a crime once, not a series of crimes. Okay. I had when I went to work, I forgot that I was parked there, came back, and I said the officer gave me a ticket, but he forgot that he gave me some, gave me a ticket and he put three more on my windshield. So Randy, how does this end? Well, I made a comment that dealing with city hall was like dealing putting socks in a rooster. The the judge fell over in laughter, uh-huh. found me guilty, and and. But she said, your fine's five bucks. Five bucks? Yes. Five bucks. Wow. I'm going to crack a few jokes when I go back in April. you got to have a sense of humor. You make them laugh, you're not going to get charged. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Randy. I appreciate that. Tell a few jokes. I don't know, Susan. I'm not a funny guy. I went to I went to fight, and you should fight, too. Because but I am. The right. I am. I, I got the gloves on, like, like Justin. Okay, so in my case... This was in a mall where I got a ticket for, it said, for parking in a fire lane. And I was parked near McDonald's. I was the second car in the lines, the parallel lines. And so I took pictures of everything. And when I went to court, the prosecutor came over to me and said I wasn't going to win my case. And I should just end it now. And I said, no, I was going to go all the way. Susan, my dear, I I got you on late. I've got 20 seconds. What happened? Okay. I won my case, and I asked for time and charges from the police officer because he lied. Yeah. And the judge reprimanded him. He stripped him down in court. And he said, I didn't get any time and charges. But I won my case. Thank you, Susan. Thanks for the advice. I will follow up. I'm going to continue. I will not give up on this. And I will bring you up to date on what happens when I go back in April. And then we'll have an extended session on all of this sort of traffic court fun. Stay with us.